Amen. You know, I said this is a special time of the year, and we should celebrate it, but one of the greatest ways that we ever celebrate Christmas is we make room for Jesus Christ in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, in our, in our day-to-day activity. And, and let me take you, you don't have to turn there up, I'll, I'll have them put it up on the screen for you, but to the, the Christmas account or the Christmas story in Luke, the second chapter, it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him or them in the inn. Week number one, we started talking about this, and we talked about the fact that many times, as, as Americans, as, as people, as humans, as, as even church-going Christians, we don't have room for Jesus because we have a tendency in our society to compartmentalize Jesus. You know what I mean by that is, we'll let Him into our Sunday morning experience or our Sunday morning life, but that's not really going to be inclusive to our Sunday night or our Monday morning or our Monday night or our Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday. We compartmentalize Him into certain areas of our life. We compartmentalize. And when we do that, what happens is we have a tendency to clutter our lives with stuff. And when we do that... We run into the danger of compromising his position as Lord. And we talked about that Sunday just a couple of weeks ago. And I asked you, is there room for him in your life? Week number two, last week, we started talking about the fact that God's blessings never come separate from his lordship. You say, well, Pastor, of course they do. God just wants me blessed. He wants me living the high life. Listen, yes, He does. I believe God wants you blessed, blessed, blessed. He wants you abundantly blessed. But what is that blessing for? And why is that blessing? Because we receive Him as the Lord. His blessings don't come separate from His Lordship. So what we need to do, and we talked about this last week, we need to begin to deal with the mess we may have within ourselves. Look at the person next to you and say, well, he's talking to you right now. See, what I understand is, we, we took you to the book uh, uh, that, that talked about Jabez. In the Old Testament, in Samuel, it talked about Jabez and his prayer there. One of the most important things that Jabez prayed was not that he would be blessed, but that it would not grieve him. And what that meant was he learned, Jabez learned the secret of the spotlight. How many of you know you have a spotlight? You have a spotlight that you have personally and it shines on something or someone all the time. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I know many times my spotlight has been shining on me. It's been shining on my troubles or it's been shining on my past or it's been shining on my insecurities or it's been shining on my fears or whatever. But each one of us have a spotlight. We asked you the question last week, who... Are you going to be shining on in and through your life? Is there room for Him? Well, today I want to finish this because I want us to take a look at the fact that many times in our, in our Christian relationship with God, we want God's blessings, 
But we need to remember that the blessing is to help us complete what God has called each of us to be and to do. Listen, the blessing that God gives to us is not just so we'll be blessed and have a lot of stuff. Everybody say amen. Come on, well, Pastor, God wants me to have stuff. Oh, I believe that God wants you blessed. But listen, God doesn't want you just to have stuff so you can have stuff for the mere sake of having stuff. Now, I don't want to be morbid, but how many of you have ever seen a a, a hearse, uh, you know, pulling a U-Haul? Listen, some of the stuff that we want to accumulate, and listen, I'm not against that. If you can have 15 homes, go get them, baby. I can't keep up with one. But what I'm trying to say is, listen, that's stuff. Everybody say stuff. There are some things that are more important than stuff. So we have to keep this in relationship. And what we have to understand is that the blessing that God gives us is so that we can complete the call that God has placed upon our lives to do and to be what he says for us to be. So if we're going to celebrate Jesus, if we're really going to do this, we need to be involved in what he wants to do in what he is engaged in doing and let me put it to you this way, because I know we've been celebrating, we've been, you know, having some good times and everything, and I, I'm not trying to bring you into another place, but I want to talk to you very seriously this morning, because I want to talk to somebody about not being afraid to be called a Christian. See, I know what we talk about, and sometimes we get caught up in this, well, I'm not going to say Happy Holidays. No, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. Oh. You know, we sound like Ebenezer when we're saying it. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about there, and you'll have to just talk to your older parents. They might know what I'm talking about there. But listen, what I understand is sometimes we get caught up in these bickering fights and these, these battles and things on the outside. And the fact of the matter is, this all comes down to just simply saying, I am not ashamed and I'm not afraid to be called a Christian. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I can do that, because if I do that in this society, in this day and age, in this culture, I could be ostracized. Well, of course you could. You might even be called a fanatic. Oh, no, Pastor, they'll lump me all together with all the other fanatics in the world. Listen, you know, you know what a fanatic is? It's someone who is a fan to the place that it changes their life. How many of you are going to be willing to say that Jesus Christ has changed your life? See, what I understand is that, you know, some of us say, well, I don't know that I can do this. Well, listen, we can. Just go ahead and elbow the person next to you and say, you can do this. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, let me take you to 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verse 7 through 9 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed, listen, be not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, Paul says, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Listen, those, those words called and calling there in the Greek, you know what they mean? They simply mean an invitation. God has put an invitation out on the table for you and me. 
What is the invitation, Pastor? It's to have all kinds of stuff. What the invitation is for you and me to not be embarrassed and ashamed of showing and shining Jesus to this world. Ah, See, that's what Matthew 5 says. Jesus himself said, you're going to be the light. Everybody say light. You're going to be light to this world. In 1 Peter 2.9, you don't have to turn there either. I don't even have this from there. I just added this one in. It said, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, that we should show forth the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness. Everybody say, out of darkness. Into His marvelous light. That we should show forth what? Light. Everybody say light. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You know, we, we talk about that. We talk about that a lot. We talk about, you know, well, we need to show and shine Jesus. But how many of you ever had questions? Well, what in the world does that really mean? What does it mean to show and shine Jesus? What does it mean to be the light of the world? What does it mean to be a light? Well, what I understand about light is light illuminates. Amen? Come on, I, I know some of you are just, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to stay with me here a little bit and trying to say, where in the world is he going? Well, just take a, take a rest because I'm going to get there. Light illuminates, doesn't it? As a matter of fact, in, in, if you were to turn every light off in this building, we don't have any external windows in this, in this auditorium. And so if you turned every light off in this place, you know what would happen? Darkness would invade. It would get dark in here. So when you turn the light on, darkness... Oh, you ain't getting this. Let me, let me try it. Darkness has to do what? It has to leave. Everybody say, darkness has to leave. That's what happens when light comes. Darkness has to go. Light illuminates things. And, and it reveals things. And sometimes, oh, help me Jesus, sometimes light even exposes things. Don't raise your hand except for the neighbor that's sitting beside of you. But how many of you have ever seen light expose something? Listen, sometimes I've had that light come into me and I, I begin to see some things in my own life and I begin to go, ooh, that's not pretty. That's worse than my ugly sweater. That's real ugliness there, Harris. That's real ugliness, buddy. But listen, here's, here's the problem. If light exposes, it also has to reveal the way out of the mess. You see, here's where we get into trouble in the, in the religious world. I'm not going to say the body of Christ. And I even told my pastor the other day, I see this divide within the religious world. We have some folk that want to expose everybody's shortcomings and sins. You are. You should. You didn't. You did. You know, you ought to be, you know, and, and we want to take, we want to take God's word and expose sin. Ha. That's my best rendition of that. Ha. Okay. And then we have this opposite side that says, oh, everything is fine. Everything's good. You don't have to just go ahead and just be nice. Just God loves us all. Remind you, I mean, and I'm not trying to make fun of it, but I automatically when I hear some of those preachers and some of those people and some of those, 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 those that, that mind thought, it takes me back. And some of you younger people don't know what I'm talking about. But some of you that are my age, you'll remember a guy with longer curly hair with a little ukulele going, tiptoe through the tip. Listen, I always wanted to just slap him. 
say, buy some testosterone pills and take them. Talking about Tiny Tim. Some of you don't know why you're going, what in the world is he talking about? Listen, the light that God wants us to have is not just to point out people's sins and shortcomings, but to reveal Jesus Christ, who is the answer to everyone's problem or mess. So how are we going to show and shine him, Pastor? Well, listen, let me, let me, I just wrote some things down. I want, to, I want to share this with you before we go too far. How do we show and shine Jesus? Well, maybe where you could shine him would be at your dinner table where instead of a cell phone dinner, you have a real talk about how good God is dinner. There is an off button on that thing. Turn it off. Talk to your babies about how good Jesus Christ is. Maybe where you could show him would be a change in the attitude. Ooh, now we see we got, we've, I've gone from preaching to meddling. See, a change in your attitude at the job that says, yes, I am a Christian, and no, I am not afraid or ashamed of it. Maybe where you could shine and show him is, is, is going to be listening to a co-worker and in listen, instead of getting caught up and joining in their complaints about management and everything else in the world, you point them back to Jesus Christ. That one went over big. Maybe where you would show and shining would be remembering what this season is really all about and then sharing that with your children or maybe your grandchildren. That's right, Pastor. Preach Santa into hell. No. Santa is a sidelight to what this season is supposed to be about. But sometimes we get our spotlight on the... Are you in this house? We get our spotlight off of what the central message is. Oh, Pastor, I've heard all this kind of stuff before. Why would you listen? Listen, let me, listen. maybe it's time for us to show and shine Him in a different way. You say, well, I don't know. I can't do that kind of stuff. Let me give you one way that every one of us could show and shine Jesus. That is to let the fruit of the Spirit be seen through us. How about love when hate is all around? How about some joy when hurt is right there in your face? How about some peace when stress is starting to flood in like a river? <laughs> oh, I wrote this down. i got to read it. How about some long-suffering when customers or cashiers are rude? Listen, I, you know, I've... I've been on both sides of the aisle, and there are some customers that are just need to be jack-slapped into tomorrow. And if you're one of them, go ahead and slap yourself. But then I've been on the other side of the aisle, and I've had some cashiers that were just needed to be, they needed either a cup of coffee, or they needed a break, or they needed some sweets. I don't know, their blood sugar had dropped. I don't know what happened, but they were just mean.
And I'm just ornery enough that when I get a mean person, I want to get in there and go for it. Come on. I'm going to smother you with some love and some good. They'll say, what do you want? Oh, I just love Jesus in this season, don't you? And they're going, huh? You look so good today. Baby, you must have, you woke up on the right side of the bed, didn't you? And by the time I leave, they're either smiling or they're trying to dial 911. Well, Pastor, that's not me. Well, let me, let me, let me take you to the scripture. I told you a second, Chronicles. Let's look at this. How are we going to show him and shine him? How are we going to make room for him? How are we going to celebrate and make room for Jesus Christ? Let me take you to the scripture in 2 Chronicles, the 7th chapter. I want to use verse number 14 to show this today. It says there, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. And stop for just for a minute, because I know the minute we hear that, most of us go, well, I'm not wicked. You know what the word wicked in the Hebrew means? It means bad or evil, just like we think. But it also means those who give pain to others. It also means those that are hurt and will hurt others. And it means those who will walk in unethical ways. Turn from their wicked ways. Then God says, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. How are we going to celebrate Jesus? How are we going to make room for him? Well, let's start it this morning with this first thing, and that is the if syndrome. The if syndrome. You see, there is this tiny two-letter word right at the beginning of that scripture that is very little, but it has huge, gigantic implications because what it's saying to us is that we have the power of choice listen do you know that you can say yes or no to god you can get on board or you can get off you have the power of choice that's what joshua the 24th chapter was saying when he said choose you this day whom you will serve The if syndrome. You have the power of choice. And I know sometimes that almost makes it sound like we have God over a barrel. You know, we hold God and and, and He, you know. No, let me tell you what we really hold is the decision and God holds the power. What you have, what I have is a decision that needs to be made. You see, this calling, this invitation to join Him, to walk in His freedom and His power and His goodness and His blessings, to shine and show Him, is all hinging on our if. Do you know that if is a huge word throughout the Word of God? Let me just show you some. John the 14th chapter, verse 14 says, If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7. If Ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. First John 2, 3. And hereby we do know that we love, or we, we know Him, if we keep His commandments. Revelation, let me give you just one more. There's so many more, but let me give you one more. I love this one. Revelation, the third chapter in the Message Bible. It says, I stand at the door, I knock. If you hear me, call, 
and open the door. I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. Conquerors will sit alongside me at the head table, just as I, having conquered, took the place of honor at the side of my father. That's my gift to the conquerors. Listen, all that honor, that blessing, that, that, that grace, that, that gift, the, all the stuff that he does is all providing we say yes to the if. Can I tell you, that's how we start celebrating. That's how we make room for Jesus. That's how we make room for the invitation and the call of God in our lives. By saying yes to the if. And yes to shining and showing Him. Saying yes to Jesus Christ being Lord of my life. Well, Pastor, I don't say yes. to. Oh, yes, you do. We say yes to everything and everyone all day long. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, many times it's a yes to our fears and our past. They come in and we say, yes, go ahead, control me. Sometimes we're saying yes to our hurts. A little quiet in here, but that's all right. Come on, how many of you have ever said yes to your hurt where all of a sudden a memory popped in and all of a sudden your day went away? Because you took a trip. You said yes to your... Sometimes we even say yes to our selfishness and our egos. I know none of you have egos like me. Well, no, there's only a couple of you that had egos. Well, no, let's, let's be honest. There's, there's a few of you. I can't lie. We all have egos. I was teasing with somebody about the, you know, the ugly Christmas sweater thing today, and they said, I don't do ugly. I'm not, fuss, I'm not fussing at that, but listen. Sometimes I have tried to say I don't do ugly, and I still had ugly. I don't do ugly. Well, you sure look it, baby. You sure look it. Come on, how many of you have ever done ugly without trying? Look at the person next to you and say, why ain't you raising your hand? Because you lying. I'm just teasing. We're saying yes to something and someone every day. See, but my question to us this morning is, are we making the decision to say yes to Jesus being the Lord of our lives? Because can I tell you that that decision, oh, I did that 45 years ago, Pastor. Well, that's wonderful. But did you know that decision needs to be made every day? Because there are going to be challenges and challengers to that decision of being number two, called by his name. You know, in the Greek, I just told you a few minutes ago that the word called or calling means an invitation. That's in the Greek. In the Hebrew, it's a different, there's a different language. In the Hebrew, it's, the Old Testament is Hebrew, the New Testament is Greek and Aramaic. In the Old Testament, the word called is much different. Because the word called in the Old Testament or the Hebrew means to confront. Now listen, this is, this is good. To confront and call out a person in a public venue. To call them out. How many of you know what it means to be called out on something? How many of you have ever been called out on something? How many of you have ever called somebody out on something? Feels a whole lot better to call somebody than to be called, right? But, but this is what it means in the Hebrew when it says that are called. That means that you are called out by what? By his name. The word name there means a, a person or it means a, a person, but it means a conspicuous position or a place and a title of honor. 
So if we're being, if, if we're being called by his name or we're be called, we're called Christians, watch this. That means, listen real close, we are being called out into a conspicuous position because of Jesus Christ. I didn't understand that, Pastor. Let me make it as simple as I can. You ready? You got your ears on? That's four of you. I don't know what the rest of you did with yours. but uh, Listen, you ready for this? You know what it means? The simplest way I can say it? This cannot be a secret relationship with God. Oh, I want to celebrate Jesus. Then you can't be secret. This can't be a secret thing. Because he said, if my people, if the power of choice, if you make a choice to be called out and not be secret. See, here's where I, I, I really need to get into, because I know that how many of us have, have had that challenge. We've had that challenge. We've had those challengers. See, this is how we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate him regardless of where we are and who we are around. We celebrate him regardless of the challenges and the challengers. We celebrate him because he is our Lord. See, I don't have to celebrate because there are lights. I don't have to celebrate because there is a season. Although I'm telling you, celebrate this season. What I'm saying is I can celebrate every day because He, Jesus Christ, has become my Lord and my Savior. Well, Pastor, I'm not sure I know where you're going. Well, let me, let me take you to the Bible. Let me, let me show you some guys that had challenges and that didn't always go well. How many of you remember a guy in the Bible by the name of Peter? One of the disciples. Well, the Bible says Peter had to face being called out. And the Bible says that he had to face that challenge, and at first it didn't go real well. Because in Matthew, the 26th chapter, it says, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. Listen to it. He said, she said, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. She said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then when he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth and he denied it again with an oath. I don't. Know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them, for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself. And he swore to them, I don't know the man. And immediately, a rooster crowed. I know most of you probably remember that story. How that Jesus told Peter before he was crucified. He said, listen, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, no, not me. I'm in the house of God. And in the house of God, I'm religious. Woohoo! I show up on ugly Christmas Sunday. Or ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. I knew it was something there. I come in. I walk to the front. And put my money in the plate. Everybody saw me. I drove from my house. 
I beat my kids. I mean, I lovingly told my kids, get in the car, let's go. My wife and I only argued half of the way there. I will never deny. Peter's telling Jesus. And the only problem was when he had the challenge in his face. Didn't go as well. Now, I'm, I'm, I know this is where I've, I've got to be careful because I, I, I'm not going to try to go too long. But listen, I've had some of those moments where I had a challenge in my face. How many of you have ever had a challenge that came up? <laughs> I've been challenged to, sue, to say who I was saying yes to and who my spotlight was on. I'm going to admit to you as a pastor of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I did not pass every one of those challenges with flying colors. Listen, let me. I remember, and I, I, I apologize, but I remember several years ago after some very high profile ministers fell into sin. This is several years ago. And there were several televangelists and preachers on television and they, 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 they fell into sin. And they became the open, you know, they became open game to anybody that wanted to ridicule preachers or church. I mean, there's people all over there. They make jokes about it. They, you know, just the open ridicule. And I remember one time I was standing in a crowd. I don't know where I was or why I was in this crowd, but all of a sudden the, the, the verbiage and the talk and the communication in the crowd went from Bad to terrible. And they begin to ridicule and make fun of these preachers. And, ah, that's all preachers. They're all a bunch of whoremongers. They're all after your money. Ah, they say one thing and do another. And I mean, it was going downhill fast. And I'm standing there and I couldn't find a way to exit. I don't know how it got to me, but... You know, because I'm, I'm not a little guy. I can't shrink into the crowd real easily. But I was trying to just kind of... Why is it when you want to shrink into the crowd, everybody's three foot seven? It's like three foot seven, six seven. It's like, target. And for some reason, they came around and said, well, what do you do for a living? You know that split moment where your mind goes into overdrive and you're going, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to find a way out of this. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get Because they just ridicule. They just cut to shreds these people, these ministers. Yes, they fell into sin, but they're still people. You know, and, and, and it's not like everybody else has never messed up in the world. You know, of course, they were born blameless, just like Jesus, of course, incarnate burst with all of them. You know, I don't, what am I going to do? And so my mind is just, you can see smoke coming out a little bit. You're trying to. You know what I did? Oh, I know, Pastor, you stood up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, I didn't. I am ashamed to say I told him, I'm self-employed. I did. I'm ashamed of that. But I didn't want to face the same ridicule and the same embarrassment. I know for Peter it was a moment of weakness. Listen, it was a moment of weakness. <laughs> 
where he denied his relationship with Jesus. And that failure for Peter was summed up in Matthew, the 26th chapter, verse 58. Listen to it. It says, Peter followed him at a distance. That's Peter's failure. Peter's failure didn't start with him saying no. Peter's failure started with his proximity and location to Jesus. That was the secret to my failure as well. I was a preacher. I was a minister. I was on staff. And I was close. To the church, but not very close to Jesus. Boy, it's quiet in here. See, that's the secret. That's the secret. Because distance can determine our delight, our direction, and our determination in our walk with Jesus. Listen, what I'm going to tell you is I, I am so glad that there came a point in time where God helped me and I dealt with my failure. I changed my proximity and my location to Jesus. And now I'm asking you, how close are you to Jesus? If He whispers today, can you hear Him? Oh, I want the embrace of God. Sometimes we're not close enough for Him to get. Are you in this house? I want Him to wrap His arms around me. And yet we've got our arms up like this. Love me, Jesus. Love me. Love me. Listen, I know this is not the Christmas message you maybe came to think of this morning. But the Bible says in James, the fourth chapter, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. How close? How close? See, we're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to have to have a little bit of distance removed between us and Him. I love, I love that later Peter answered all of those challengers and those challenges and he moved closer to Jesus. And he was the very one used by the Holy Spirit in Acts, the second chapter, where it says, But Peter, I love this, standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said, he's found his proximity closer to Jesus. And all of a sudden, it brought into him a relationship that was real. He stood up and said with the eleven, he closed the distance in his heart and his spirit and he celebrated Jesus. As he said, I say it this way, it was not about a secret relationship with Jesus any longer. Then in Acts, the second chapter, verse 40 through 41, says, And with many other words did he, Peter, testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And then they that God that received his words were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Wow. Listen, that should get every one of us hope. That should give every one of us hope, regardless if you've drifted away, regardless if you've denied him in the past, regardless if this has been a secret relationship up to this point. He still loves you and wants you in his life, in his love, in his kingdom. He wants a real relationship with you. 
And I love, Peter is the one that God uses to start the church. The very one, oh, see, you, I don't know if you get this, the very one that denied him. God says, listen, I love you enough, I'll still use you. All you need to do, Peter, is come on over a little bit closer. Come on over just a little bit closer. Let me warm the coldness of your heart. Let me touch the fears of your life. Let me fill you up with some love and some peace. Come on over just a little bit closer. i got, I got to finish this. Listen, when we do this, when we close the gap... When we admit whose we are, that is when you and I are going to be humbled for real boldness. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. See, the word humble in Second Chronicles means to be in subjection, or we could say it's a willing submission to Jesus as our Lord. For Peter, that was when he had real boldness. That's when he had real power. Because in Acts the 4th chapter, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned ignorant, or we could say, ordinary men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Great God, I wish I could give you this. Listen, this is what Jesus came at Christmas to do. This is what He came to do, to be with us. To be with us and in us and through us. That's what the Bible says in Matthew, the first chapter, the 23rd verse, where it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Great Lord Jesus. See, if we're going to say yes to the if... We're going to shine our spotlight on Him. Listen to my heart. We need to shorten the distance between Him and me. Between Him and you. Between Him and us. We need to make the decision to let Jesus Christ be Lord of our life. You want to celebrate? That's how you do it, sweetie. You want to celebrate, sir? This is how you celebrate. You make room for him. Maybe at the dinner table with the kids. Instead of putting Nickelodeon... Oh, come on, I'm I'm meddling. Instead of putting Nickelodeon on, why don't you put some Jesus time in the family again? I'm not saying you got to go back and have a prayer time because I hated sometimes prayer time with my kids. I'm trying to pray and be serious and they're just cutting up and doing everything and I just wanted to slap Jesus into them. when we hear stuff like that, we're going, oh, i got to have prayer time with the kids. I can't stand that. No. Maybe it could be them seeing you pray. Listen, don't raise your hand, but how many of you could say that you've seen your parents pray? How many of you could say that your children have seen you pray? Oh, pastor, don't preach me down. Don't preach me down. No, 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 come on. I have to get, what's his name up here to do that? Yeah, 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 y
sin. Don't preach me down. I'm not trying to preach you down. I'm trying to see if you'll celebrate Him. I'm asking you, will you celebrate Him? Will you make room for Him? Whether that's at the dinner table with the kids or maybe the lunch table with the co-workers. I'm saying, let's celebrate Him. Come on. Let's go all out. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's make room for Him. Let's make Him Lord of our life. If you receive that, give Him a praise in this house. Come on, stand to your feet as you do it. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm going to let you go in just a few seconds here. As I know you have places to go, and this is Christmas Sunday, and some of you already have told me, Pastor, I've, as soon as church is out, I've got to be there. Some, I, some, some people told me, said, I'm coming for praise and worship, but I can't stand to hear you. I mean, I can't stay to hear you. <laughs> Listen, I love you. I never want to abuse your time, but I'm asking you this morning. Will you make room for Him? Pastor, I'm all about celebrating. Good. Because this is how you celebrate. This is how you celebrate, folk. This is how you celebrate. You make room for Jesus Christ. Listen, I want want to give you one last scripture. This is kind of long, so just stay with me. I I won't keep you standing forever. But listen, 1 Peter, the third chapter, verse 8 through 15. I'm reading out of the message Bible because I just like the way it says it. It says it this way, summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp tongue sarcasm. Some of you already need to repent, but let me read on. Instead, bless. That's your job. To bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good. Here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Pastor, you don't know who I work with. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all this with approval, listening and responding well to what He's asked. But He turns His back on those who do evil things. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Then I want you to listen and pay very, very close attention to this last part. Listen very closely. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your Master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. Is there room for him? 
Is there room for him so this is not going to be a secret relationship? You will be Christ, Yuns. I know we say Christians, but I want to put the emphasis where it should be. Christ, Yuns. Where we could actually celebrate Christmas. See, I've never said one time that I don't want you to celebrate. In fact, I've said several times, celebrate Him. Celebrate this season. Celebrate Jesus. You celebrate Him by decluttering and letting Him into every place of your heart. You celebrate Him by never forgetting the giver of the blessing and getting wrapped up in the gift instead of the giver. And you celebrate Him by standing for Him regardless. We celebrate by making Jesus Christ Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this house. I'm going to ask just a couple of questions. I promise I will not embarrass you. But I'm going to ask first, are you celebrating Jesus by making Him Lord today? Now in your heart, if you couldn't say yes, or you're not sure, we need to remedy that. And there is a way to do that. In fact, I'm just going to ask you this morning. Is there anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Harris, I need to make sure that the proximity, the location between Christ and myself, that I close the gap. I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Yes, 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 yes. Listen, hands are going all over this house. See, Pastor, are they all? Listen, I don't care if this is the hundredth time that you've ever prayed. Let's celebrate him by making him Lord. Let's do it together, right? Say this with me, dear Lord Jesus. this by myself. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, be Lord of my life. Now, why don't you just lift your hands and receive that? Come on, receive that. Receive that in this house. Receive that in this house.